all rain at the better last night. In fact, there was no rain, but it was raining goals as Salop came back from two down to win a five-goal thriller against Exeter as football kicked back into action once again. This is Shrew's Views, sponsored by the Kettle and Toaster Man. I'm Johnny Jury, and as always, I'm joined by Salop correspondent and arguably the Shropshire Stars' best sportsman, Ollie Westbury. Ollie, how's it going, pal? You well? Yeah, I'm not sure about best sportsman, but I'm all right, thanks, mate. I've, uh, I've just about, just about kind of... Uh calm down after last night uh, I was absolutely wired when I got home after all them goals and all that action I didn't know whether I was coming or going <laughs> yeah it was a, it was a thrilling game which we will talk about now but as we said we're back with the podcast first one for three weeks I've got to give you a big apology really Salad fans for last week me and Ollie did record a podcast but after a lot of investigations and me denying to myself that it was my fault that the recording didn't work I actually found out that it was it probably was my fault and I hadn't pressed the right button so that's why you didn't have a podcast last week. So I wasted Ollie's time, I wasted my own time. Luckily, didn't waste any of your time. Um, but we'll be on for a, a little bit longer today to chat about everything that's been going on at Salop. Um, it's been a while since we we had a podcast, but we'll start against Dexter. All it was probably the most exciting game of the season, would you say, for Salop fans? It was, yeah. Just just before the game, I mean, last week's podcast was an absolute ripper as well. I mean, there was some exclusive. Oh, don't make it worse. <laughs> Don't make it worse. Um, no, it was a brilliant game. Uh, Salop fans um, would have loved it. I don't think they'd have loved going 2-0 down, but I think they would have loved the the comeback. You know, it it was end-to-end, wasn't it? It was like basketball. It was just up and down, up and down. Chances at both ends. You know, both sides going for it. Both managers making attacking substitutions. Um, yeah, it was it was it was a it was a really entertaining fixture. Um, and it was great to see so many goals. I think it's always made better, isn't it, when when your side gets gets the last minute winner. Um, that always makes you feel better. But it was a great game for the neutral, and uh, I had steam coming off my hands from all the uh, the typing that I was doing. Um, so it was uh, it was a fairly mental evening last night, having to do two match reports um, for the midweek game. So yeah, it was uh, it's a good game. It's a very good game. It was a good game. Um, we touched on it quite a lot last night. You know, we talked about the, the goals and the sort of manner of conceding the goals. I watched them back last night. First one they'll be disappointed with, and the second one obviously was a, a massive wicked deflection. But I suppose in terms of the character that that Salop showed, we touched on it briefly, didn't we, last night in our video? To come back, to, to fire back straight away was, I thought, pretty in, impressive. And and the manner of both of the first, that well, the two goals that Salop scored in the first half, both from short corners. Both really well worked short corners to get back in the game. That was something that sort of sprung out to me. Is that something that you've picked up on all the season, old sort of the corner routines and and set pieces? Uh, well, set pieces for sure. I mean, yeah. Town have been Town have been in, incredibly threatening from set pieces all season. Um, I think they vary it um, whether they go short or whether they go straight into the box. I think they're keeping the opposition guessing. Um, I mean, Steve Cottrell's gone on record to say that, you know, he set his defenders targets for how many goals he would like them to score throughout the season, um, you know, which is, um, and it's such an important part of the game, isn't it? Um, and yeah, it's great that the, the that they managed to get the three goals. I thought Bayliss's finish after, I think Pike hooked it back in, didn't he? Recycled yeah. it, hooked it back in. It's great for him to get his first goal. I mean, They've got some, you know, Pennington, Flanagan and Dunkley are real, a real presence in both boxes. I think that makes Town a, a, a real threat from, from set plays. 
So, yeah, I mean, it's great for them to get on the score sheet again. Um, I think that's Pennington's second of the season. Um, he got one. He got one, didn't he, against Wickham, I think. And uh, he got, <laughs> the manager mentioned last night that he, he had some grief for the for a header that he missed the header against Forest Green and ran away in celebration. He said that the lads have been giving him some grief because it went wide. Um, so he'll be glad that this he managed to bundle this one over the line. Um, so yeah, good, good, good in the end that that Town are kind of getting goals at the moment from from all over the pitch. Yeah, no, it's interesting. And just on that, I mentioned it there, the, the character and the response is that. I suppose I, well, me and you have never been elite level football managers, not even football managers at a low level, you know, for as good as like quality wise and, and, and how your team, you know, plays well in terms of quality and, and, and digs in. It is, I'm sure for me anyway, if I was in a dugout, the character that your team shows to come back like that and, and like the character they've showed in other games this season, like to go and win against Wickham, for example, I'm sure that would probably, I don't know, it would please me above anything else, really. It would please me above like a worldy goal or something that the you know collectively the side have dug in. So Steve Cotter must be delighted with the sort of the grit that his side is showing and, and and sort of pulling together as a team, I suppose, to to go and sort of get points and 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 play right up until that what was it ninety third ninety third minute? Yeah, for sure, um, absolutely one hundred percent. I think having to go two nil down at home and to come back and win the way they did. It's credit to them, credit to the players um, in 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 their in their defence because um, it, it and I, the second goal was a fluke, wasn't it? It's a complete fluke. I mean, but you know, it's it, it's one of those things, isn't it? When you go two nil down, it, it you, you can you know you've seen sides in the past just completely just deflate and then really struggle to then get back into the game. Um, so to be able to do it, and it's not the first time, you know, it's not the first time they came from behind to beat Wickham. They came from behind to get a point against uh, Bristol Rovers. Um, so, you know, it's, I I said to the manager last night, I says, it's not an anomaly, is it? This team has got determination and resilience and a never say die attitude to a T. Um, and that is... As, as, a, as an elite sporting team, that is a trait that you really, really want to have. Um, so, you know, the manager's got to take credit for that to a certain degree because he's the person that's installing that. He's recruiting the players, he's re- recruiting the personalities and installing that kind of belief in them that they can get a result from any position because you'd probably have bet against them last night after they've gone 2-0 down, you know, you'd probably have bet against them, but they've managed to come back. And, and probably in the 20th minute when you, when you see town 2-0 down, You'd have taken a draw at that point, but for them to come back and for for, for Che Dunkley, who Che Dunkley is my fa- most favourite footballer ever, I think. <laughs> uh, we discussed this last night. Che Dunkley fanboy. Yeah, Che Dunkley is my favourite town player. Um, I've decided. Um, you just you just put another twenty players' noses out of joint by saying that. Yeah, well, well hopefully the players don't listen to this. But <laughs> che, um, che Dunkley, what a guy that. He's just an absolute legend. Um, he's brilliant to deal with from a press perspective because he's a good, he's a talker. But he just, he just seems like a really, really, really lovely bloke. So I'm glad he smashed it in. Um, and uh, and yeah, and I got a bit carried away with my gifts on Twitter as well, which was a bit. Which you I'm did a bit, yeah. Yeah, you... face palm in there. 
a little bit regretful. But never your gift games, your gift games improving. Just on um, just on that result last night, I'm not. I don't want to say turning point because Salah, results-wise, had a quite a reasonable start to the season. But I, you know, we talked on the last podcast about when they played Burnley and there was a few a smatter and a booze as they came off at the end, which was very harsh. Um, and the fans I spoke to at times this season have sort of been a little bit frustrated and have, have said, I know, I know it's a minority because we only speak to a handful of fans, but I've said, you know, Salah are a little bit too conservative and uh, not entertaining enough. But last night was entertaining and. and do, could that be sort of? Oh, I'm sure Steve Cox was hoping that that's a kickstart, not a kickstart, but they can get a, a, a run of games out, a bit of momentum. Because if you can get a bit of momentum in this league, you can you can really get right up there, can't you? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I don't, I don't think it's necessarily a kickstart because I think I think they've been I think they've been fairly yeah you know they've been fairly good this season. I, I think it, it, when they played Ipswich, it was a game too far for town and they, and, and they were outplayed by a very, very good side. But in the, I can't, other than that game, I can't remember too many, you know, too many occasions where they've, they've, they've turned up and been like completely outplayed or just not turned up. So, you know, we're, we're, is it eight games in we are now? And town have been, town have been very good. I'm um, just looking at the stats here. 18 shots they had last night. Um, which is an awful lot of chances created. Seven of those on target, I think. Let me just double-check. Is that the most attacking last night that you've seen, Tane? Um, since the start of the season? Or? I mean, I thought they looked good going forward against Forest Green. I mean, they scored two really, really good goals from open play against Forest Green. Pike could have scored another one. Um, it feels like there may have been a shift with the formation change. Since they've gone, it feels a little bit like since they've gone to a four at the back, they look maybe perhaps a tiny little bit more open, but a lot more threatening going forward. Yeah. And that's just, I would have said, that's just simple maths, really. If you take a defender out and put an extra attacker in, then, um, you know, that's kind of where you end up. But, they, they, I mean, they look like scoring, didn't they? And they could have scored four or five last night. I mean, Nurse hit, that, hit the bar. Uh, we said it in the video, didn't I? He hit that so hard. I'm glad I wasn't the crossbar yeah. um, because he absolutely nailed it. Um, Bayliss had a shot. Dunkley had a header. Pike had a shot in the first half that, that could have gone in when he was close to being through on goal. Um, you know, so they were off. They were town created an awful lot of opportunities. Um, but one thing that I, I, I noticed in the second half is it felt like they had more control over it. It yeah. didn't feel like as much of a basketball game as it did in the first. The first, it felt like end-to-end, end-to-end. Ex- yeah. Exeter looking good on the ball, passing forward. They had a lot of movement with those front two. Um, those front two players were very good. Is it Nombe and um, is it Brown? They were very yeah. good. They, yeah, they, good, both but a good pair, weren't they? Yeah, the lad who was left-footed who hit the bar, he looked like a, he looked like a very good player. Um, so... You know, it felt like it was a bit pinball-y in the first half, but I, I felt after half time they kind of got the game, you know, where they wanted it in terms of, you know, they didn't quite look look so. Uh, I, don't, I don't want to say vulnerable because Town are like really, really solid defensively, and they have been for a while. But you know, it felt like they they kept they kept their you know they kept the game under control much much better, and but still posed the threat. Um, still pose the threat, which which you know is something that that the manager will be be really really pleased about. Yeah, just a final point point on um, on Exeter. You know, I thought that Tom. I've seen Tom Bayless two or three times now. And I thought he was 
thought it was the best I've seen him last night. I thought he was class. I thought everything that went th- going forward, everything went through him. I sort of noticed when he came off in the 90th minute, I was stood down by the touchline and Steve Cottrell made a point of going back over to the bench to sort of tell him how well he played. And, and I heard a, a little bit of, of what Cottrell was saying post-match about how well he played. I'm sure you sort of agree that he was uh, he was probably sat up standout man going forward last night. Oh. Yeah, he's growing into it, isn't he? He's growing into it. He's settling down um, into the into the town shirt. I mean, what you've, got, what you've also got to remember is town have got nine new faces. They're trying to settle in and they're trying to kind of blend together. Um, and obviously everybody kind of settles in at a different rate. Not everyone's going to come in and hit the ground running. Some players have, from day one have come in and just smashed it straight away. Someone like Dunkley has been pretty impressive from the start, whereas others take a little bit more time to kind of settle in. Uh, and but one thing I think you can always tell is that with Bayless, it looks like there is there is some quality on the ball there. Uh, and yesterday, what he does is he runs with it, doesn't he? He runs with the ball. He's he's happy to carry it. Um, and yeah, he was really really good for Town. Great for him to get his first goal. Heavily involved in town's second goal a couple of weeks back at Forest Green, linking up with Jordan Shipley, who he said uh, prior to the game yesterday that he's got a really good relationship with from their time together at Coventry. Um, so yeah, there. I'm really pleased for him that he's that he's managed to get himself on the score sheet um, yesterday. But also, it, I mean, it'll be a great confidence boost for him. You know, he's uh, essential into in, in town's attacking play and getting them up the pitch and running with the ball. And yeah, he looks he looks like a good addition. He looks like a good addition. I think he'll only get better as well as he keeps going and keeps keeps kind of uh, settling in. Let's talk about the the new boys, that, in particularly the the strikers. Um, I know we only saw Carl Winchester briefly last night, and um, we'll come on to him. But two strikers, Rob Street was given his his uh, his full bow from the start last night, and uh, Christian said he came off the bench just on Street to start with. Bit of a tough night for him last night. All he he didn't have an awful lot to to play with. I can't really recall him having a having a chance. Either he worked hard, but just uh, just wasn't his night, was it really last night? He had he had that really nice touch at the uh, the start of the first half, and you know he put he put himself about, didn't he? He looks yeah, yeah, certainly. He puts like um, he looks like a mobile a mobile forward. I always find that with football is that kind of often the games tends to be a little bit cagey in the first half, and then as it opens up and people get tired towards the end, the, the forwards come on and tend to make an impact. It's, it's sometimes can be harder at the start when when the game's a little bit more compact. Um, but yeah, he wasn't particularly bad last night. Street, he, he just he was probably a little quiet. You'd say you'd, yeah. you'd say that Bayliss was definitely the highlight for for town. Um, but it, but he put a shift in. He put a shift in. He kept running, and uh, and I feel like it, it's just a little bit more depth that now you know they can bring on Christian Sadie and Ryan Bowman off the bench, and and you know that that that's a benefit for town. It leaves them in a in a much better position, doesn't it, when they've got that depth and they've got, yeah, an ability to, to to rotate and to bring people in, to give them that little bit of impetus right at the end, which really did help because Sadie uh, made an impact when he came on, didn't he? He was a big, he's a big boy, isn't he? He, uh, he? he was a handful. Yeah. Well, we both said that we wouldn't want to, uh, we wouldn't, we wouldn't, yeah, we wouldn't want to run into him. Um, uh, yeah, he's a he's a very very yeah he's he's well built, isn't he? He, he looks powerful. 
is fully committed and I would uh, 100% be just stepping out of the way and uh, watching him go by. Um, so, yeah, I, I, th I think he's, pre he's just going to have a presence, isn't he? Big, physical, uh, big, physical lad. Um, and, you know, that that's it's whether whether he's he, he has games where I don't know, say if he's off, for example, and his touch is no good for or, or whatever. But what he will do is he'll cause defenders problems simply with his physicality. I don't think any defender is going to have any easy time against him because he, he is going to be a handful to deal with just because of his size, his stature and his, and his power, really. Um, so, yeah, I think he's one that he's one that will endear himself to the to the Shrewsbury fans um, over time, I think, and the, the, the young lad. So I think uh, he'd be pleased with the impact that he made off the bench. Uh, yesterday, I think there was a few marauding runs forward, weren't there? So yeah, I think well, he was. he's got a he's got a trick or two up his sleeve as well. Just in terms of the the options that that Steve Cox has now got, obviously we've got Sadie there, you've got Street, um, you've got right. I said Ryan Bowman. When obviously Dan Udo, which we're, we're going to talk about later in the podcast, it obviously he's not going to be back this season. But when Aidan O'Brien comes back, you've got Tom Bloxham in there. He's got a pretty he's got options, isn't he? Which you know all managers like to. To be stacked with options, but Cotswell surely going to be pleased with the with what he's got now going into the rest of the season. Yeah, yeah, I th basically, yeah, you, you bang on. He's got options: Aidan O'Brien, Elliot Bennett, Julian De Costa, who are all out at the moment, but will be starting there. I think we're not 100% sure when um, uh, Elliot Bennett will be back, but we know he's back in training, uh, and he's just trying to get himself up to match fitness, I believe. Um, at the moment, um, himself and O'Brien were there watching last night. I saw him on the touchline before the players came out. Um, so yeah, they will they will add they will add depth. They will yeah. It just gives Cottrell more options, you know, to the bench. You know, games not going their way, they need to make a change. Then that's that's kind of where they go. Um, you know, so you know it'll be it'll be, it, it's only a benefit for Cottrell to have these options. And what I would say is we're eight games into a 46-game season and there is a hell of a lot of football to still be played and there is a very tight schedule. We come up to Christmas time, we get into, you know, the depth of winter and you're much more likely to get your soft tissue injuries, your hamstring, groin problems because of the cold and the weather. Um, so, you know, at, at the moment it feels like feels like there's loads and loads of options, which there are, but, you know, the whole squad's going to be needed at some point because, you know, you never know what injuries are around the corner, you know? You never know what depth you've got and what injuries are around the corner. So, you know, feels like Town are in a really good place at the moment. So long may that continue. Yeah, Carl Winchester's another one that came in. Um, I think he played briefly a couple of weeks ago and came on last night. From what you've from what you can gather, or what what's he going to bring to to Salah? Obviously, it's another option, but what 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 are his sort of strengths and qualities? Well, he's another he's another versatile footballer that that's kind of like the recruitment model that that Town are kind of going for um, is that versatile player that can can occupy one or two positions, so that if they are short, somebody can come in and do a job. He looks. It's hard to judge him based on his performances so far because he's he's only been at the club for you know two matches um, in a short period of time, but he looks the one that you know I'd be the most ex excited about 
just given his resume, really, and his track record, he's played, well, how many games he played for Sunderland? I think he made 40 appearances for Sunderland in a promotion winning side last year. Um, you know, that that's the kind of calibre of player you want to be bringing in, isn't it? So, you know, it excites me the fact that at the moment they keep, he, he can't get in the team. Um, that's a good sign that, you know, you can bring in someone of that that calibre and at the moment he's on the bench. Um, because at some some point he's going to be required to make an impact and you know they're the kind of players you want to be bringing in you want to be bringing in real quality into your side if you need to um, and that's something that, uh, that I'm hoping that obviously I haven't seen him play but from the reports that you read and the stats that you see um, and just purely based on the fact that he made 40 appearances in a promotion winning side last year suggests to me that he's a very good addition yeah, just moving away from the new um, the new signings, you know, bad news in recent weeks. We heard about Daniel Ludo is going to be out for the season with an ACL injury. Um, and thoughts with with Dan, he's a he's a great lad. Come across him quite a bit while covering Telford. Um, that's a big blow in it all. Yeah, he, he he scored a really good goal in the one game I was at a few weeks ago, and it seemed to be he was just starting to sort of get going really for the season. And then this happens, and you can only feel for the lad, can't you? Yeah. Yeah, the ACLs is just terrible luck, isn't it? Um, to, to to do your ACL the way that obviously Daniel Ludo has, I feel unbelievably sorry for him. Um, and you know it can be a quite a lonely place, I think, when you yeah. Kind of, I had a friend who, when I was playing cricket, who did his ACL. I was really close to, I was living with at the time, and he he missed a season, and you know it was really difficult for him to. I think you just kind of feel. Although the town will do their best, and there's absolutely nothing you can do about this, it's just the way sport works, I think. But I think you you feel that you're just desperate to be a part of things. You're desperate to be there in training, taking part. You're desperate to be involved on game days, and you know that's part of the problem of part of the issues of um, long-term injuries. It's, it's desperately, desperately sad for Dan. Um, I have spoken to him on a couple of occasions. I did actually speak to him after the Bristol game. Um, he kind of limped out of the changing rooms and I said, oh, are you all right, mate? And he says, oh, I'm hoping it's not going to be too bad. Um, he was in quite a lot of pain. It took him a while to kind of limp down the touchline to get to head back to the bus. Um, and I felt felt desperately sorry for him, um, to be honest. I thought it was a real, real hard luck for someone who's had a few injury battles already this season. He missed a few games with his ankle problem. He was just starting to get a run of games under his belt. He was, you know, felt as though he was over this ankle problem after seeing a specialist. And he was just starting to get up to match fitness. And then, you know, bang, there it goes. And, you know, then he's looking at a really long injury layout. So it's a real shame for Dan. Um, but I'm sure the club will support him as best they can um, and help him with his rehab um, and so on and so forth. Um so I'm sure he'll be in really good hands. Um, I think they look after their people really well at Shrewsbury. So I'm fairly confident that 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 they'll that, that they'll do that with Dan. And, and fingers crossed, we see him back in the town shirt soon. Well, yeah, best of luck, Dan, in your uh, in your recovery. Right, just time for our little advert. As we said at the top of the podcast, we are now sponsored by the Kettle and Toaster Man for all your uh, kitchen appliances, little and large, as well as other products. We even do hair products as well. Um, head over to the Kettle and Toaster Man. You can go in store at Thorns Hill, uh, Thorns Road in Briley Hill, or you can head to kettleandtoastermand.co.uk. So head over there, you won't be disappointed. Um, just going to go back to your your boy Dunkley. 
Um, oh, your uh, your main man. He, yeah, um, we got we got big him up, haven't we? we got big we him got, up. Yeah, we got best man in football. We got big him up. We're gonna try and get him on the pod. You know, just to be old's gonna be not starstruck. You see him all the time, but just, I'll be fanboy. Just be you staring at him. He's from um, the same neck of the woods as me. He's a Wolverhampton. Maybe that's what it is. That's what it is. Yeah, telepathic sort of. You know, from the ends of the Black Country. Well, technically Wolverhamptons and Staffordshire, isn't it? He, I, he obviously gave an interview last week and, and gave some good comments on, on various different things. But he just, I thought his words on Luke Leahy were really good. Um, we've talked about Luke Leahy becoming captain now. He's leading from the front. But the players, you know, from what Dunkley has said, he, he's making a big, big impression in that dressing room, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, I, I think so, yeah. Um, you know, I think Dunkley, Dunkley's lead leads by example himself. I think he's quite a vocal presence on the pitch, but I think the same for the same for for the skipper as well, Luke Leahy. Um, so, so yeah, um, it sounds like it sounds like they've got quite a few leaders on the pitch, which is uh, which is a really important thing. You know, they've got some experienced players. They've got players who played some international football with the, with the likes of you know Flanagan and so on and so forth. So it feels like Town have got quite a lot of leaders, and you know perhaps that's one of the reasons why they're showing this character and determination to come back from you know difficult results like they have done over the last you know that few weeks. That it's those leaders and those personalities to to keep inspiring them. To, to do that so yeah I mean it's, it's really important really important for town that they're uh, that they're doing that so yeah fingers crossed long may it continue yeah long may it continue indeed he also talked about the meadow being a fortress that was at Salop's first home league win last night um, that's going to be key isn't it Salop at eighth at the moment you know if you offer Shrewsbury Town fans eighth with five games to go they'd snap your hand off um but to have a successful season, they've got it's got to really be built on on what they do at home, isn't it? And, and we talked about momentum earlier in the in the podcast. They need to start, you know, you want to be winning and drawing games. You don't want to be losing games at home. You want to be sort of one like Dunkley said. You want it to be a fortress, don't you? Yeah, yeah. So, so I think his words were. I remember this story that he the aim is to make it a fortress um, because their results. Now, I'd just say, I'd say you have to caveat the results because, I mean, you can you can say they've played three games at home and only got one point, but, I mean, there's always circumstance around it, isn't there? Um, there's always circumstance around it. And I don't, I feel like if they played 10 games and only won one at home, then you can probably look into their home form and say, yeah, okay, the home form's slightly dicey. I think, you know, they played Accrington Stanley and had a man sent off in controversial circumstances after 55 minutes, which completely nubbled that game which was you know they, they almost saw it out for a draw which would have been a good point but so you can't write it off because it happened but it's also you know probably not really the, the t- you know it's, 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 a, it's a poor refereeing decision that's not helped town on in that respect they then played really well against derby and got a great point worked hard um defended resolutely got behind the ball well uh, and probably even had a few chances where they could have got could have could have nicked a goal at the end. They were outplayed by Ipswich, who, by the look of the league table, I haven't checked it again this morning, but last time I looked, were were unbeaten, I think, and were doing really well at the top of League One. Um, and that that's the that's the three home games in the league. Um, so as far as as far as you know, and and also that was after the the the, the huge shift they put in against Derby. And they played the exact same start in eleven, so I think it was just a game too far for them. So I think at the, so far it's purely for me it's incidental, but 
granted they will they will want to to try and get that home that home form you know off and running and get themselves get themselves you know get on a run at home in front of the home crowd um it was a great atmosphere last night wasn't it when when they got that goal at the end um so that's something that they'll be aiming to do um but i think cottrell said himself that then it's just about winning as many games as possible whether they're at home or away it's about you know trying to get those points on the board and, and trying to do as well as they can so yeah glad that they've fight they've got that monkey off the back even though personally i don't feel it was too big a problem just yet i think need a few more games into the season a few more home games until i started uh reading into that too much but yeah glad they've got that first home home game and you know some winnable fixtures coming up isn't that some some winnable fixtures coming up it certainly is we'll touch on them um just before we leave you today uh just to cut on a couple of other points before we do go on to look at the the schedule um Steve Cottrell said last week, he talked a little bit about sort of youngsters not going out on loan in the window. Uh, we talked about it a while ago, about Tom Bloxman, Charlie Caton, and, and he's explained the sort of the reasons why them touch players haven't gone out on loan. But And we've talked about that before, so I'm not going to go over old ground. But just uh, a couple of a couple of three weeks ago, it was the, the Papa John's trophy game against Wolves, wasn't it? And Shrewsbury played a really young side. Um, I just wanted to get your view, Ollie, on, if, on who... Who impressed you, really? There was a lot of unknown names in there. Um, I know a lot of people have sort of been um, praising Josh Barlow, who's been in and around the, the, the Salab first team squad. Um, I know he's sort of a name on a lot of people's lips around the meadow, but is it, was there anyone in that game, Ollie, who really sort of caught your eye, who maybe thought, you know, might be able to get in and around the first team in the next couple of years? I thought the lad, the left-footed centre-half did well. His name Cade Craig. Thought he did well, and yeah. he's been on the bench most most games so far this year. It was good to see him get an opportunity, um, and I, he, I thought he did well. And there was another lad I can't remember his name now because it's a while back, and he went off injured, but he was playing. I think he was playing at, at right back or on the wing, who'd started the game really, really brightly. Um, had won a few duels on the right hand side and, and kind of got in behind Wolves a couple of times. And I thought he played. I thought he played really well. Um, and, and, and was making a real positive impact on the game until until he had to go off injured. Um, it's hard to say with the young lads. Um, I've, I've kind of, I've not seen much of blocks, and that was probably the only game really. It was probably a little quiet on that occasion. But um, you know, you can't I can't make a judgment on a player based on based on one game. Um, it looks like he's got something in terms of pace and a bit of trickery and. You know, I've seen some of the goals he scored last year. He scored no red kick last year. So the lad has certainly got talent. It's just, you know, he's young, he's inexperienced. And, you know, everybody develops at different rates. He might have done, he might have developed really quickly last year. You just think with those young players, you just got to give them a bit of time. And you just, you know, each day in training, they'll be learning from senior pros. And 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 I think that's, you know, one of those things with those those lads. They'll, they'll do their best to, town will be doing their best to develop them. Um, as they see fit and what they think is best for the development. Yeah, interesting to see who, uh, who comes on in the in the next couple of years. Um, just looking forward to the schedule, um, Port Vale and Port Vale in the next week. And oh, you're not going to be around, are you? You're missing a you're missing a couple of games off on holiday. I'm, I'm yeah, I'm, I'm floundering already. I'm floundering. Yeah, <laughs> I'm off on holiday. I'm off to Canada two weeks oh, may i say may i say this was pre-booked 
before before I took this job. Um, so from here on up, for here on in, I will be attempting to avoid Saturdays. Um, but then again, if I don't take me holiday, then I might be single. Um, so um, well, their priority. You got to get your priorities right. Oh, yeah, my missus would be very happy about it. So yeah. I'm sure <laughs> uh, she wouldn't be. <laughs> so um, yeah, we're heading to to we're heading to Canada. Uh, going on a tour around the Rocky Mountains, which I'm pretty excited about. A bit disappointed to be missing the Salop games, but I understand no, you're not. that. No, you're not. You're going to be I in am. Canada in the Rocky Mountains. You don't want to be at Vale Park on Saturday. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm in Canada. Salop. I'm Salop's number one fan, mate. Um, <laughs> Just on yeah. there, we'll, we'll first talk about Saturday. Uh, vale are 17th in the table, you know, promoted last year. I haven't had the, the best of starts. Salop are up to eight now. It's got to be one. They've got to be targeting for, for three. Three more precious points, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I haven't seen, yeah, like I said, I, I haven't seen much of Vale. Um, I'm, I'm sure uh, everybody's thoughts will start to head towards that game now. Um, but yeah, Vale, Vale on Saturday. Uh, town have been good on the road, unbeaten on the road. They would love to keep up that keep up that record um, and, and and stay stay unbeaten. Um, and then and then they welcome. Welcome, Bert. Uh, is it is it Burton the next sat Saturday or is that on the Tuesday oh, night? No, Tuesday night is Vale again. Oh, Vale again. Well, you got your work out because I understand you're covering for me, aren't you? Vale again in the Chip Shop Trophy. But just in terms of Saturday, um, it'll be a tough test. Will it? Do, do you expect? I'm sure, it will be. You know, Salat were quite fluid in their formations last night, weren't they? And they have chopped and changed a little bit over the last. Uh, couple of games I'm sure that's probably gonna have to be the case again sort of horses for courses really in terms of changing formations do you think yeah it, it was it was tough last night we couldn't really work out um we were trying to figure out what system it was at the start and then it it just kept changing didn't it um I believe um this is what the, what Cottrell said to us post-match that I, I think so I think I'm right in saying they started in a back three then they switched to a back four um after one either the first or the second goal and then they switched at half time did they i think he said they switched back to a back three um in the second half um yeah to be honest <laughs> that first half i was so busy typing with all the goals <laughs> i was finding it quite hard to to kind of mm -hmm. um, watch the shape of the side too in too much detail i was yeah. just kind of thrashing out the um the action as to what was happening either on Twitter or or or, or into the match report. So so it's but there was there's some talk in the press box about the formations. It, it's good that the town can play too and they can switch. He did say he picked the team. I thought this was a really interesting line. He picked the team knowing that he may have had to change. And that was part of why he picked that team, which I think is really interesting because he knew that the team had the versatility in them to be able to switch away from the three and go to the four. Um, so, you know, sounds like smart thinking to me. I mean, Steve Cottrell knows a hell of a lot more about football than I do. Um, and it worked because they won 3-2. So, um, uh, what, what will they play on Saturday? I don't know. <laughs> we'll have to see. Um, obviously they played a four at Forest Green. They went back to a three. Uh, the manager will have his reasons for that. Um, he will have his reasons for that. Um, I'm not privy to those, but I'm sure they are very valid reasons, um, tactical, tactical ones. I think he's pretty good tactically, to be fair, Cottrell. 
Um, I've been pretty impressed with the, you know, the, the the way they they can change. And he's quite positive as well, like the substitutes as well, like like yesterday, and they gave him a bit of extra impetus. Um, so so it'll be interesting to see where where they head, where what what they do, whether it's a back three or a back four. I'm sure he'll keep us all guessing. Um, but fingers crossed, whatever team he picks out, they can go out there and get a result against Fane on the weekend because you know, three on the bounce, that'd be a that'd be a real boost for town. Be huge, wouldn't it? A um, couple of ex-Salat players in the the Bale squad: David Warrell and Brad Walker, who, who, who only left Salat a couple of years ago. He's been off injured, injured in the last few weeks. He might feature on Saturday. Ollie, the, then on the Tuesday, they'll come to the Meadow. In the I call it the Chip Shop Trophy because it's just meaningless these days. We've do you not like pizza? Yeah, I do, but it's just I like to just make it sound even worse than it actually is. You know, this <laughs> is going to be my little rant now. I used to go and watch a lot of Shrewsbury. My uncle's a season ticket holder. They're probably when Gary Peters and Paul Simpson were the manager, I used to watch a lot of Shrewsbury games. And like, what was it called then? The Johnson's Paint Trophy or the LDV Vans Trophy. It had a bit of meaning to it. You know, it was it was all, it was League One and Two clubs going going against each other. But, you know, it'll be a little bit different, I suppose, on Tuesday night. It's Vale against South, same league, but the under-21 stuff's taking a shot of it. That's my little rant anyway. But just if, for your, um, your opinion, I'll... Do, Obviously, there was a lot of youngsters in the side against Wolves because they were playing a young side. Do you suspect that might change coming up against Vale on the, on Tuesday night, um, next Tuesday? Do you think it'll be a more senior senior side? My God's honest answer to that is I ain't got a clue because what Cottrell did say was that he was that that, that they would use that competition as a development opportunity and yeah. to give give other people, you know. Ago, um, I imagine that'll have something to do with the sports scientists and a management decision on how much recovery time some of the players will need. Obviously, get the games getting called off on Saturday kind of reduces the schedule just a little bit, um, so it's not quite as frantic as you know what it could have been being Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, six games in two weeks. Um, so it's not quite as full on as it was initially scheduled to be. So, you know, maybe if I, I mean, I'd be very surprised if the guys who were on the bench yesterday don't play in that game. I'd have thought there's a chance that, you know, I don't know whether Koch will make any changes on Saturday, but if he doesn't, the likes of Winchester, it'd be good for him to get some minutes under his belt. You know, obviously, if you mentioned the Bloxhams, all those guys who are on the bench, it'd be good for them to get some some minutes because you never know when they're going to be needed. Um, and and yeah, whether it might be, yeah, it's a tough one. Development opportunity, yes. Um, I, I don't, on, honest to God, I don't know. I don't know what they'll do. I think that'll be a question for Cottrell prior to the game of how strong he he decides he wants to go. Um, obviously, they went they went quite very 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 young against Wolves under twenty ones. Whether they do that again will be um, will be up for up for discussion. Um, it'll be an interesting one, that's for sure. But I think they've got a relatively quiet couple of weeks after that. I think the week after there's not a midweek game, is there? So maybe we might see a few more senior players. Um, but in honesty, I'm not I'm, I'm not 100 sure what they're gonna what 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 he'll decide to do on that on that one. Yeah. Just finally, I just want to touch on um, 
or just not even discuss it, but just say how, how, how superb Shrewsbury and Exeter fans were last night observing the, the national anthem and um, and the minute silence for Queen Elizabeth II after the sad events of last week. You know, I'm sure football fans were a little bit aggrieved that games were called off on Saturday, but I'm sure the reasons behind the games, you know, we've heard a lot of different reasons. I'm sure they were all pretty valid. Um, I know last night a couple of other grounds across the country, I don't know name any clubs that they weren't really observed as well as other clubs, but I thought Shrewsbury, you could hear a pin drop in a minute silence. And although God Save the King was sung about two seconds earlier by the Exeter fans and the Shrewsbury fans, uh, which was quite amusing, um, I thought it was it was superb, it was fantastic. And I'm sure they'll be taking place again on Saturday. I'm not too sure how what the protocol is or how long they take place. But yeah, I thought it was uh, it was an extremely um, touching tribute from, from Shrewsbury and impeccably observed. Yeah, no, it was brilliant. You, you could literally hear a pin drop for that minute silence. Uh, and then there was that really nice round of applause when it was finished. Um, so, yeah, it was it, it really well done by the club, um, really well honoured by the fans. Um, I think, you know, really, really important that, that, that everybody got a chance to show their respects. Um, and, and then singing the national anthem. <laughs> the first thing I said to you after the national anthem finished was, how out of tune the Exeter fans were to, yeah. the, to the timing. Well, I don't they know were, if it was the Exeter fans out of tune or the Shrewsbury fans. I'd probably say the Exeter fans because there's more yeah. than the Shrewsbury fans. Yeah, I, it, it just made me chuckle that yeah. the, the, the national anthem was kind of being sung and then repeated. It felt like an echo. It was an, it was an echo. There was, it was an, like echo an echo around the yeah. road. Um, but yeah, they just they, they started too early, didn't they? They just got their timing wrong and they, uh, they started too early and... And, and but yeah, it did make me chuckle. But it was brilliant. The service was brilliant, uh, and there was uh, there was a, an around of applause in the sixty second minute. Uh, sixty second, I can't get any words out. In the sixty second minute as well for a, for a Shrewsbury fan who passed away as well. So um, you know that that was very well respected as well. So so well done to the club on, on both accounts, and and you know the fans and players and and everybody alike for you know paying their respects in a in a way that was really appropriate and quite a moving ceremony, I'd say. Yeah, superb. Right, that's your lot, Salad fans. A little bit extra today. Um, Ol, enjoy Canada. Go steady on their mountains. Don't want to have any accidents. Yeah, I got, I'm got. I'm, I'm going to keep away from the bears. Yeah, 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 do that, yeah. Don't want to bump into any grizzlies. Probably be be pretty wise. Salad fans, I'll be a man at Vale and then Vale on Tuesday in the in the chip shot trophy and then we'll be back in a couple of weeks time so thanks for listening until next time goodbye